our faith calls us to the journey ahead. Fearless, brave, determined. It captures our heart, inspires us to step into the unknown. the sense of adventure and obedience. Ready and willing to pursue the promises of God, His Word lights our way, comforts us. Through the inevitable twists and turns, and glimpses along the way that others journey with us. this journey towards God's promises that both challenges and comforts us. Hey, good morning, good morning. How you doing this morning? Man, you could do better than that. Come on, we're in church, man. Jesus showed up today. Hey, listen, um, man, I love doing church all over our city. We're connected with all of our family and friends and 217 and Mill Plain, downtown people all over the world. And I think it would be just appropriate for us on all of our campuses. Put your hands together for all that Jesus is doing in your life and in our family's life and all over this city. We're so excited about that. Uh, for those of you that would be new, uh, my name is Mark Estes. I'm the lead pastor here at City Bible Church. And uh, Occasionally, we do a thing called simulcast where we connect together all of our families, where I get the privilege to talk to our family all over the city. And man, I'm just excited about what God is doing in our church. And you know, this morning as we jump into a new series, we're starting a series today called A Church for the Journey. And I was reflecting back on my uh, upbringing, and I lived for about 25 years in the northern California area, about 15 of those years, in a place called Lake Tahoe, California. Come on, do I have anybody that's been to Lake Tahoe on any of the campuses? Come on. A couple of people getting really excited about that because they've been there. They understand how nice it is. And, you know, one of the things about that area is that you wake up every morning with this idea of adventure. You look for miles and you just see miles of trees and mountains. And I remember growing up having this quest to journey to explore. And I'd find myself getting on dirt bikes or dune buggies or taking hikes or went going backpacking. We always wanted to go out and explore all of the things around us. And you know, in that area, there's really two predominant types of outdoor recreations, things that you would do. Uh, one would be camping and the other would be backpacking. And growing up as a kid, we loved to camp. And uh, my wife and I, even raising our kids, we'd always go out camping. We loved to camp. How many campers do we have here? Anybody love to camp? And what I loved about camping is that you'd load up the car and you would pull into a spot and you would unpack everything and you would, as fast as you could, you'd run to the water. We loved to hang out at lakes and we would go swimming and come back and take a nap and then you would go eat and you would take a nap and then you'd go hiking and then you would take a nap and then you'd go fishing and you'd take a nap. 
and you'd finally get ready for dinner time and then a campfire. And the best part is where you could just sit around the campfire and eat s'mores. Come on, how many s'more lovers do we have right here? I mean, I mean, can, can you smell it from there? I mean, it's just, I mean, all the way from 217, you can smell. I love the chocolate, the graham crackers, and I bet you you want one right now, right? It's just it's like, mmm, camping is so amazing. So good. And anybody here not get breakfast this morning, and you're saying, I want a s'more. Anybody? Come up here real quickly. Come on. You take the plate you handed out to people. You have not because you asked not, James 4, 2. Come on, give her a ham. You can eat all of them. Those are awesome. Just bring the plate back, please. So we got this idea of camping. And listen, camping is where you pick a spot and you land. Backpacking's a little bit different. And that is, it's not about the spot. It's about the journey. You really aren't thinking about a spot. You're thinking about a journey. And you put everything that you need, you put it into a backpack, and then you start out maybe 10 to 15 mile walks on these rigorous paths, and you'll get to a place where you finally set up this temporary camp, a little micro camp, and you roll out your sleeping bag and you sleep on rocks and you freeze all night and you eat space age food, right? Take off your smelly boots and socks so everyone around you can smell them. And, uh, you just enjoy the journey. And when you think about the two, when you think about camping and you think about packing, one is about the spot, landing, enjoying life, just kind of landing and having fun. The other has everything to do with the journey. How many people here today would say, I would rather camp then backpack. Let me see your hands. Come on, all the campuses, raise your hand. Just wave, say, oh yeah, I'm a camper, right? How many people would rather backpack? Wave at me. Come on, say, there's about half of you there. That's exciting. About 50% of you didn't raise your hands. How many of you like hotels? Come on, let's go to Disneyland, <laughs> right? Come on, that's this what this generation is all about. You're all about the party, right? <laughs> you know, as I think about those two analogies, I, I, I thought about this as we, as we jump into this new series. Life's a lot like backpacking. It's really nothing like camping. We love to camp. In fact, we're taught in our culture, soul, take thine ease, and let's just relax, and let's live in the here and now. But how many know that just about the time you start to relax in a season that God has something else in mind? He, he, He gets you on another journey, and Maybe there's a challenge that happens, or maybe you have a job change, or maybe he's wanting you to move to a new city, or maybe there's a tragedy that happens, and all of a sudden, when you're just finally getting excited about camping, God says, it's time to go backpacking. Life's a journey. Life's a journey. And I really wonder if this is true, that maybe God created you and me to be backpackers and not campers. That when you look at the word and he says that we're strangers and aliens, that we're just passing through, that earth is not our home. Maybe God was trying to tell you and me that we were created to be a people or a family, if you will, a church that's on a journey. And so this morning as we launch this series, I want to talk about this thought for you and me. And I want to look at the book of Exodus. And I want to look at a portion of scripture where For over 430 years, a group of people were stuck in a place of bondage and oppression 
under a brutal taskmaster named Pharaoh. And God knew that they weren't supposed to camp out in their oppression and hopelessness and despair, but he had something better for them. And so he would speak to a guy named Moses, a deliverer, that again knew nothing but what he was born into, and God speaks to him and says, I want you to communicate to my people my promises for their journey. Those same promises that God gives to Moses to tell the children of Israel are promises I want to give to you today. Because if you're going to be successful in this thing called life, you first of all have to recognize that God has you on a journey. He's not calling you to camp. And that he's going to give you some promises. And if you can align your life to these seven promises, what you'll find is that you will live life to the full. How many want to live life to the full? Come on, just wave at me, all campuses, right? And so if you have your Bibles, if you'd open up to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6, and I want to look at these three verses. Exodus 6, verses 6 through 8. And again, this is God speaking to Moses to tell the people that despite their challenges and oppressions, this is what he wants to do for them. He says this, Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. Now listen, he gives them seven I will statements. This is what we're going to look at today. He says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. What a great portion of Scripture. He's speaking to a people that have lived 430 years in bondage. He doesn't give them four or five or nine or ten. He gives them seven because seven in the Bible is a form of completion. And he's saying, listen, this is all that you need. If you can apply these principles to your life, your journey will be full and complete. And so he speaks these seven things to him as these declarations and as these promises that they should apply to their life. And it's interesting because before he gives them the seven, he, he starts with, and he finishes with this sentence, I am the Lord. The reason he says, I am the Lord, before he gives them the seven promises is because he knew that every single one of them had a challenge with believing actually what God wanted to do with their life. All that they knew was oppression and burden and a, a hopelessness and this place of despair. And he wanted them to know, listen, I'm not just a God. I'm not a distant God. I'm your God. I am all-powerful. I am all-knowing. I can do great things in your life. Despite what you see, despite what your life has been like, and I'm speaking to some people here this morning, maybe a life of dysfunction and despair. Maybe there's wounds and hurts. God says, despite all that, listen, I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I can get you out of your situation and do great things for your life. Can I hear an amen? 
So he says, I am the Lord. I saw a t-shirt just a couple weeks ago. It says, there's two things that are for sure. There is a God, and you're not him. <laughs> and I love that shirt. Let us be reminded again that, listen, he can do anything that he wants. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he wants to do those things in your life personally. And so then he comes up and he says this. He says, I'm going to give you seven promises. And I want you to dial in because these seven promises are for every single one of you, every campus, regardless of where you're at in your journey. The first three are for you personally. The last four are for us as a family. So I want to talk about these. I want to talk, first of all, about a journey for you. Because as you journey, as you're part of this family, we journey together. But there's some principles that we all have to understand about what does it mean to be a part of the family and to start the journey. And so the first thing that God speaks to Moses is this. He says, I will bring you out. I'll bring you out. 430 years of oppression. And he says, I'm going to take you out from your bondage, from your hopeless situation. How many have had a problem in their life for 430 years? Probably none of you. Okay, so this is a big deal. All that they know is centuries of hopelessness. And he speaks to them and says, I'm going to do something impossible for you. I'm going to take you out of something. And when you think about this particular piece, it's really the place that started for Israel that took them out of Egypt out of their bondage, into a journey towards their promised land. And for you and I, what that represents is the start of our journey. To realize that every single one of us in this room were hopelessly separated from God unless we had accepted Jesus into our heart to be our Lord and Savior. Is that you can't have a relationship with journey, with Jesus. Journey's the Greek word for Jesus, I think, but... You, you can't have, you can't have a fulfilled journey in life without Jesus being a part of that. And so Jesus comes and he, he dies for you and me so that we can be removed from the place that we were at. And there's people here on every campus, maybe this is new to you, we want to let you know that this is where the journey starts. For me, over 35 years ago, that's where the journey started. Jesus, I can't do life on my own. I need you in my life. Everything was changed at the place where I said, you know what? I want you to bring me out because I can't bring myself out of where I'm at. Spend our whole life running from him when all that he's going to do when he catches you is love you. That's what we're about as a family. As we talk about us, a church for the journey, we are all about helping people that walk into our family to start their journey by, first of all, surrendering their, surrendering their lives to Him. Last Wednesday night, we had 55 young people in our Wednesday night youth services that gave their life to Jesus. I think you should put your hands together. That's pretty exciting. All the campuses, maybe another couple dozen, we probably had over 100 people last week that gave their life to Jesus. They started the journey. They became a part of the family. We're not just a church on the journey. We're a church 
for the journey. We want every person, the 2.3 million people in Portland that still don't know Jesus in Vancouver, we want them to come in and to start the journey. And it starts with this reality saying, he's going to bring me out. He's going to bring me out of my oppression. He's going to bring me out of my darkness. He's going to be my God. He's going to do great things in my life. And then he comes back and he, he speaks this next promise. He says it starts, first of all, by realizing that I'm going to bring you out of something. But then he comes and he says this. He says, I'm going to rescue you from bondage. Stop and just lean in for a second and think about this. He's saying this. I'm not just taking you and helping you to get out of something. I'm setting you free from something. God just doesn't want to set you free. He wants to keep you free. And listen, as you look back at this particular story with the children of Israel, as they left Egypt and as they moved in towards the wilderness, we find that their enemy, you find the Pharaoh begin to harass them and continue to pursue them. How many have just a struggle in their life where you feel like the enemy's continually trying to get after you and trying to attack you and trying to oppress you and maybe it's a mistake that you made in the past or maybe that there's something that happened in a relationship or maybe there's a regret that you have and you hear this broken record over and over again. You have to know that what God speaks to you today is I didn't just come to take you out of something and to set you free from something, but you're no longer underneath the bondage or the oppression of the enemy. You're set free, and it's the truth that will set you free. Man, it's just so important to understand. I was talking with a young man, middle-aged man, but younger to me, I guess. He... Uh, Walked into our church 24 years, was an alcoholic, taking pills. Had tried everything to break out of his addictions and his challenges. He walked up in one of our services. There was a dream teamer that prayed for him. He doesn't even remember their name. It didn't matter because it's Jesus that healed him. And he was instantly set free from his alcohol, his drug addiction. It's now been about six weeks. His eyes are crystal clear. He's excited about God. How many are thankful for what God did in Eric's life? Come on. Seeing as a church family, listen, as we talk about a church for the journey, this isn't just, we just don't attend something. We are something. The church isn't a building, it's a group of people. This is family. And we want every person to come in and realize that we want to get you out of something, but we want to get you free for something so that you can do the third thing that God spoke to the children of Israel is that we want to prepare you for something great. And he says, I will redeem you. He's going to, I'm going to redeem you. So it's not just enough that I'm going to just get you out of something and set you free. He does that. Listen to me. You've got to hear this. Because there's a purpose for your life. Every single one of you and everyone at the campuses, just listen to me. You are not a mistake. Come on. You are not average. You are not insignificant. God created you with a purpose and a plan. There's no one on planet Earth like you. Stop trying to be like someone else. Be you. God wants you to be you. And the reason why you're here is because God wants you to do significant things. 
And when you look at this word redeem, I love this. In, in the Hebrew, this word is, he says, I will redeem you. That word means this. Regain something back in exchange for a payment in order to restore it to its original design. This is what this means. No matter how bad your life was, listen to me, no matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how long you've been involved in drugs or crime, God can restore you back to your original design, his original intent. I'm a high school dropout, drug addict. God came and completely restored my life and decided to use me to be able to help people. And hopefully today I can show you this. If God can use anybody, he can use me. And if he can use me, he can definitely use you. So wherever you're at, listen to me. You're thinking, well, I'll never measure up. And Mark, you don't understand my life, and you don't understand the dysfunction, or you don't understand what I was involved in. I don't, but he does. And what he's saying is, listen, I come to restore you back to your original design. That's what this house is about. We want you to come in. We recognize, listen, you're probably like me when you walked in. That's okay. Everybody's normal till you get to know them. And we're all, we're, we're, we're just sinners saved by grace. We're all together trying to figure out life. We are not only just a church for the journey, but we understand that as you come in, we are helping you on your journey as we all journey together. He's going to redeem you. There's such a great call upon your life. How many like those three to start off with? I mean, we could probably just stop right there. Those are great thoughts for you and for me. So he wants to take you out of something. He wants to set you free from something so that he can prepare you to do something great. But here's where the story gets real good. Is that we don't have to do that alone. It's not just a journey for you, but there's a journey for this family. There's a journey for this house. And God brings us together to be a family. Society wants you to figure like, hey, well, I just kind of kind of slip in, slip out. I kind of attend. But this is what God's saying. God brought you here to be part of the family. Loneliness is one of the greatest epidemics in our, in our culture today. So many people struggle with loneliness and don't have relationships. We talk about groups all the time because we don't necessarily just want you to get into a group. We want you to get into a covenant relationship with people where you can cry and share your heart and they can serve you and they can love you and they can help you through your crisis and your challenge, help you with your marriage or your parenting or your singleness or whatever it might be. That's what families do. And so he comes back and he says this, and I love this part. He gives these last four I wills to us as a family. He says this, I will take you as my people. And as you go back and you think about Israel, they were oppressed and scattered. Probably didn't spend a lot of time. I mean, they're just kind of worn out, tired, being used as slaves. And God speaks this word to him saying, no, you're my chosen people. You're a family. There's, there's favor upon your life, not just individually, but you as a family. This is something that we all have got to get. Every, every person, listen to me, 
is that where you're going to find the greatest fulfillment of life and your purposes is being a part of the family of God. God wants you to be a part of the family. A a tree that's planted by a river flourishes. A person planted in the family. Listen, when your life is falling apart, you're going to wish that you had family around you. You know, one of the things I'm really excited about this morning, just a few months ago, there was a tragic car accident in our church. Three ladies going to our young adult weekend. One of those ladies in the car, her name was Rachel Reed. Horrific, life flighted out, wasn't expected to live. And I'm so grateful to think about our family as they came around the Reed family and began to love the family and serve the family, be a part of the family for months and months and months. Just this last week, Rachel was released from OHSU, tubes were pulled out, and uh, she's with us here this morning. What a miracle. Would you put your hands together for Rachel Reed? We love you. Come on. I mean, if I was just to bring Leanne up and to bring, bring the whole family up and Rachel, I think what they'd say is the only way that they made it was because the family. It was the family that helped them. And I'm so grateful to be a part of the family. Listen, when I came into church, my life was messed up. I was raised in a dysfunctional home. My parents, they loved me with all of my heart, but divorced when we were young. They're trying to figure out their life, and I didn't have that model. I just, I found myself becoming a very messed up adult. My wife, too, came from a dysfunctional home, and when we got married, I was 19, she was 18. Listen, Jesus saved our soul, but I'm going to tell you what, the church saved our lives. And we walked in, and they, gave us, they just gave us everything that we needed and became family and taught us how to fix our marriage and be parents and fix our finances. And we're here today because we decided to believe that God wanted to take us as his people, meaning that I had to become part of the family in order to experience that. Can I just say this? And again, I know this room is filled with people, every campus with people, just at all different walks of life. Listen, we're here for you. We love you. We want you to be a part of our family. It's so important to understand that. You are never intended to do life alone. Just come along and be a part of the journey with us. I think it's so important to understand. And these are three things that we, just, we feel are just so important for us as a church. Number one is this. I want you to know this, is that you belong. But just say that out loud. Say, I belong. Just say it. Come on, I belong. Come on, every campus. Just say, I belong. Listen, you belong here. God directed you here. You didn't direct yourself here. The reason why we talk about belong every service, every service, I know you get tired of that if you've been here for a while, is because we never want to miss an opportunity one Sunday where someone walks in the door, they're fighting for their life, where they don't hear the message that you belong here. And we're just saying this, make this house your home. Jump into belong, be a part. That's what we want to do is to help you on your journey to really be a part of what we're doing. Here's another thing we want you to do too, is we want you to understand that you're loved. You're loved unconditionally. 
every single one of us, here, here's, here's the good news, bad news. We're all jacked up. Come on, we all make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. Our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all things. That's what Scripture says. We come in and put on our Sunday best. But listen, I want you to know, as your lead pastor and all of our staff and all the dream team, you're loved unconditionally. We love you just the way that you are. Come as you are. Be you. Now, we love you so much that we don't want you to stay that way. But we're going to help you in love and just say, hey, here's some next steps that you can take. Like what a family did with me, Mike and Don Shreve did with us, is they, they helped us make those next steps. Listen, you belong and you're loved. And here's the other one is you matter. You matter to us. You are significant to God and you're significant to this family. And when God spoke through Moses to Israel, he wanted them to hear those three things. You belong, you're loved, and you matter. As a church family, we want you to know that as we journey together, that's exactly who God has called us to be. And then we get to this next point, and I love this. He says, not only will you be my people, but he says this. He says, I will be your God. Listen, I'm speaking to some people here this morning are facing some difficult situations in your life. You don't even know what the next steps look like. The rest of us, we don't know, but maybe this week, next week, there could be a trial. It could be a tragedy. There could be a sickness. You could lose your job. Your marriage could start to fall apart. You don't know. I thank God for this promise because this is what he's really saying, that you as a family, as you come alongside me and my family, will get you to your destination. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be your Father. And, and, and I want you to hear these scriptures. I, I, I love these scriptures, and they're, they're so good. Philippians 4.19 says this. It says that I will supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to bless you. Just like the children of the Israel, didn't they wake up every morning there's manna on the ground? I mean, they didn't know where they were going to get their next meal, but God says, no, I'm going to be your God, and I'm going to give you manna. I'm going to give you water from a rock. I'm going to get a cloud that directs you. Come on, by day, I'm going to give you fire by night. Everything that you need to stay with the family, and I'm going to guide and direct you. Can I encourage you this morning, whoever, you're, whoever you are, wherever you're at, to just trust in the fact that as a family, God desires to get you to your destination. And he brings us up, the next one, by saying, listen, I'll I'll bring you into the land. He's going to get you to your destination. And some people, they just need to hear that. I don't know how people do it by themselves. I mean, oftentimes, my wife and I, we get into a hospital situation. We're walking down the hall to go see a family, and you walk by room after room of people that are sitting in there all alone. I just, I just want to cry and walk into every room and just go love on them. And it's just like you watch these people just doing life all alone. And it's exactly what God says. He says, I'm going to bring you into the land Meaning that as a family, listen, he wants to bring you to your destination. But it's the family. 
It's this house. As you make it your home, we together get you to where you need to be. You know, there's, there's another young boy that's in our church, a 13-year-old boy. Some of you may know him. His name is Joe Smith. And this is a picture of me with JoJo down at Dornbacker's. Uh, JoJo's fighting for his life. He's 13 years old, has cancer. Been a part of this church for years. His mom is a single mom. And this is us just having some, some fun time with JoJo. And we're going to go down and see him again today. He's just become one of my best friends. But if you were to ask Dorcas, his mom, single mom, about how she's been able to do this, she couldn't do it without family. And she knows this. She's a, she's a woman of faith, is that God's going to get them through. God's going to take them into the land. There's a destination in mind. God wants to use everyone around them to remind them and build hope and faith in their life. And that's so much what we need today. And then Moses finishes it all off by saying this. He says, I'm, I will give it to you as a heritage. He's going to bring you out. He's going to deliver you. He's going to set you free. He wants to be able to redeem you. You'll be his people. He'll be your God. He's going to get you where you want. And this whole thing is this, is he wants to bring you a heritage, an inheritance. For the children of Israel, it was the promised land. You notice that every time they got their mind off of the destination, every time that they took off the backpack, every time that they started to camp and whine about what was in the camp and we want leeks, or we want anna, and we don't want manna. And, and They lost sight. But God all along saying, you were created for something greater than what's in front of you. Can I, just, can I just appeal to all of us today? As we think about all the things that the world has to offer us, the things that take our time and our money, things that take our focus, those aren't the things that God created for you. He, he wants you to understand that he's got rich rewards and inheritance for you. Purpose and destiny together and life, life to the full. We do that together as, as a family. For us, as we look at this, this fall and as we just kind of look at what God's doing with us, this is a time for you and me, all of us, to realize that we're just not attending something, we're a part of something. Church isn't something that you go to, church is something that you are. A church, it's a house. This house is a family. And our prayer is that during this time that something's gonna happen upon us as a church as we move into these next couple weeks together, we go, listen, I'm all in. I want to be part of family. I want my life to count. I've got to build relationships. I want to be a part of where God is taking us. We together are a church through the journey. Can I hear an amen? And I thought it would be appropriate this morning, you know, as we, um, as we just stop and think about all that God's done in our lives. You know, this church has been around 68 years. I was talking with one individual this morning. He's here this morning, 19, 
50s, he came into our church, Montevilla Tabernacle. It's so beautiful that you're even here today to just celebrate the journey. There's people that have prayed and have given and have served and have sacrificed so that you could experience what you're experiencing today. And as every generation is reminded about this idea of being on a journey, we have the privilege together of helping the next generation and the generation after to become part of a great movement. I want to be a church for the journey. And I just want you to watch this video this morning. It's just, just about 90 seconds that just kind of takes you through where we began and where we're at today. And just for you to be able to see the thousands, if not millions of lives that have been touched as a result of this house. Let's watch this together. I want you to put your hands together, all that Jesus has done. Come on. You know, as I just watched just that storyline, I, I come back to where we began today. I ask myself the question, why would I ever want to camp? So much that God has done, so many lives that have been touched. The 5,000 leaders that we've trained, that we've sent to 70 nations through Portland Bible College. You know, the 14,000 students that have gone through our Christian schools. The campuses and the millions of people that have been touched because of our church plants and missions. We're a church for a journey. And you know, for you and me, I believe that the best is yet to come. 
And God chose you to be a part of this next chapter. And I believe that God's doing something so special. And he's breathing upon us as a church. And today is the day as we just be jumping to the fall where we can make the decision to say, I want to be a part of doing something great. I want to touch nations. I want to touch the world. God, I'm all in. Would you bow your head, all campuses, close your eyes. Lord, we want to thank you. Lord, for allowing us to be a part of this amazing family. Lord, we thank you that we could call this house our home. And that you've allowed us to be a part of the church that's moving forward. God, this church for the journey. God, we're so excited about what you have in store for us. Lord, would you come upon each of us, Lord, and would you stir our hearts this morning? God, stir us to dive in. God, let this be the moment. Let this be the day. Lord, would we roll up our sleeves. God, we, we push all of the distractions aside, maybe even hurts or pains, God, and we just jump in and say, listen, God, we want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to be a part of this house. We want to make it our home. God, we love you so much. God, thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. And real quickly before we close, just, just all the campuses, if you wouldn't mind, just keeping your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Service host, maybe you could help me right here. I just, I just want to ask if there's anybody in any of our services, any campus right now, you walked into this place and you recognize this morning that you're not even a part of his family, meaning God's family. And maybe you're at this place where you're saying, you know what, today I recognize when you said that he wants to bring me out, that I need to make sure that my life is right with God. And the beautiful part of this whole story is, is that your journey can start here simply by saying, God, I need you in my life. Would you forgive me of all my sins? I'm tired of doing it on my own. I just want to start today getting my life right. I want a new life and a new start. And if that's you, again, with every head bowed, all eyes closed, every campus, just simply just put your hand up. Say, Pastor Mark, you're speaking to me. Just put it up. Thank you, thank you. Come on, just put your hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, all the campuses, help me. Come on, just put your hand up. That's all I want to do is to see it. Thank you. Here, thank you so much. Anyone else, any of the campuses, we'll just take a moment for you. Just go, come on, today I want to start the journey with him. Anyone else? Come on, we're waiting for you. Just put your hand up. Come on. Thank you so much. It's so awesome. Lord, before we go any further, God, as a family, we just celebrate and thank you for these new people that are starting their journey. Lord, would you come today and encourage them? come into their life. Be their Lord. Be their Savior. Help them on their journey. Lord, we thank you for them in Jesus' name. And I want to just do one last thing. Put your hands together for all those, all the campuses. Raise their hand. Welcome to the family. We love you so much. One last thing, and we're going to sing a song here. Maybe you walked in and you say, you know, I'm a part of his family, but I haven't yet made the decision to be a part of this family. Maybe you've attended for a while and you've just said, you know what, I just, I'm kind of attending but not belonging. And today you're just feeling like the Lord saying, I, I want you to become a part of this family. 
And again, there's no pressure with that. There's nothing we're going to ask. But come on, just put your hand up. Say, you know what, I think I'm going to take another step. Anybody at all. Just raise, raise your Come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, hands all over. Put your hands together for all these people, all the campuses. Just wave your hand. Put your hands together. It's so awesome. Would you do me a favor? Why don't you stand to your feet? You know, one of the songs that we sung in worship today was a song became very famous. It was a song about stepping out on the water, being on a journey, a song called Oceans. I want us just to celebrate this morning as we close by singing this song one more time. Let's go ahead and sing this together.